0: Welcome to the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast, a fresh perspective on AFL Fantasy Classic brought to you by the Keeper League Pod. Huge episode this one as we reveal Louis' top 30 trade targets, and that's an entire best 22 and bench of targets to help your trade plans going forward. It's not just the Point of Difference Podcast though, Louis, it's the Pod Pod. Pod. Welcome to the pod pod. I'm Doss here with Louie. He's back after a week off feeling a lot better and gee, I reckon you missed out on uh, sharing a few of your hot takes last week, Louie. You were desperate to get it on the on the group chat and let us know your thoughts, but I'm glad to have you back on the show. Welcome back, Dog.
1: Yeah, thanks, mate. I was desperate at the time, but uh, hindsight is always twenty twenty. 20 and uh, as I look back on it, a few of those calls may have been some shockers. So uh, yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed for this week, mate.
0: So, you were lucky just uh, having the sub-vest last week, you didn't come on and uh, get a negative three like Ryan Clark did to have the greatest average uh, in the fantasy community right now. Negative three is his average right now, Louis. So, that would have been you if you'd have come on last week, but you're fine, you've done well and uh, you're back in action. But how'd you go on the weekend, your fantasy team back Back doing all right, I reckon. Yeah,
1: mate. Um, I've had a pretty good week, actually. So, I scored 2,072 and jumped up about 1,300 rankings up into that top 1,500. So, uh, I'm within striking distance. So, a couple of shrewd trades over the next few weeks and hopefully
0: I can uh, get into that top 1,000. Perfect. Uh, I also had not a better week for me under my standards this year, Louis. Uh, I got myself 2,012. Um, I'll go through a little bit. I nearly got a little bit further, but uh, I went up a few thousand ranks. I'm, I'm just outside the top thousand, so... Uh- you know, I'm, I'm gradually climbing, Louis. I'm feeling good over the next few weeks, though. I think I've got a nice little structure building, so I'm not too... It's not doomsday yet for Dossie. He's, he's, he's on his way back, but uh, we'll get into our nailed it, failed it straight away because we've got a massive episode getting through your top 30 targets, uh, trade targets, so I'll go with my nailed it first. Sam Walsh, we haven't really spoke about him in our nailed it segment, but... Just been an all-around awesome pick right from the start this year. He had a little bit of a mild start with a couple of scores under 100. Now, he's only scored under 116 once in his last five games, Louis, going at 122.7 in his last three. Just huge stats.
1: Oh, he's a jet and he's Carlton's best player at the moment. So, um, you know, that's just a credit to
0: him. Um, I also just wanted a special mention to holding Caleb Daniel. Uh, We... we Fought through last week. It wasn't a great return after holding through, but he had Richmond. Uh, we mentioned on the podcast in your absence there, Louis, to hold strong. He's got Richmond. It should be a nice matchup for him. And he definitely had a lot more of the pill in that one. So it was good to see Caleb Daniel back at his best. And I guess our non-owners as well are looking to target him now as well.
1: Yeah, he you made your work for it, didn't you? So he had that, what, uh, 60 after the 20 score when he was suspended?
0: Yeah, it was. might have even been a bit lower than that. I think it was in the 50s because I remember Chrissy Burgess uh, had his number last week. uh, Got him done by a couple of points. But he he certainly outscored uh, our boy Chrissy Burgess this week. uh, So, did quite well. What about you, Louis? What did you nail this week? Nailed it.
1: Uh, I nailed trading in Tom Mitchell on debut. Scored me the 128, which is his highest score of the season. So, nice and simple one for me. But it's always nice trading in a
0: player and they're able to deliver week one. Well, yeah, he hasn't been going that huge uh, too much lately as well. So, it's, it's awesome having a 120-plus from the great man uh, back in the team. He's in my squad as well and looking very, very good. Hopefully, just builds from here as well into the season. Failed it, though. Louis, I'll let you go first because mine's a very passionate one I've got, unfortunately, for me. But what's your failed it? Look, mine's probably not too surprising, but I was um – Regrettably, a little
1: bit excited about bringing Jordan Degoe back onto my field this week. I held him, thought, great, I'm moving on a rookie and I can bring on a mid-price guy with a little bit of job security next week and not have to worry about him. He ended up being my worst score on field. So he is worse than a rookie and right now he's just not worth trading because he's actually my F6 and priced less than all of my rookies at the moment on field. So,
0: yeah, pretty pathetic. It's been putrid. Um, I do hope your luck turns around with uh, Jordan Degoe. It's been a rough hold. I I dumped him and I came very close to holding him myself. So, I hope those that did hold on to him, now it's probably at a point where you can't. I don't know. Maybe you should just dump him. If he's your worst score on field, then time to say goodbye. But I feel your pain, Louis, unfortunately, for the old JDG. There's only upside from here,
1: mate. So, I don't think he's worth trading.
0: Nah, and it uh, theoretically has an, another uh, nice matchup this week, the North Melbourne matchup. So, surely, surely gets going for you this week, Louis. Um, my failed it is Mark Pittnet. Now, I don't have him in my team, Louis, so it might seem a bit strange for him to be my failed it, but he ruined Paddy Dow's breakout game, the GOAT. He was having a huge start. And I'll tell you what, Louis, Due to some some of the red dots floating around in my side, I will admit that 2012 that I scored, it was looking good for a 2100 before my man, my M8 that had made his way onto my field, Paddy Dow, got the injury in the first quarter. And you know what? He actually was looking bloody good early, uh, Louis, I will say, until, yeah, the elbow from Mark Pitnett, he's my failed He ruined the GOATS breakout. Put it deep into his eye socket and it was game over for Paddy. Five disposals in half a quarter, four clearances, was leading the way for the Blues and they got it done. They got it done in the end for him, Louis. You got to let it go, Dossie. Just let it go, mate. Just the 19 on field for me. Well, hey, uh, before we get into Louis' top 30, just if you like the Pod Pod, then you'll love Pod Pod Plus. Join up to be a member of Pod Pod Plus and you'll get an extra weekly podcast recorded on a Wednesday night with five-time top 100 finisher, The Statesman, with a heavy focus on answering your questions. Plus, you'll get to join the exclusive Pod Squad Facebook group to throw your trade ideas around and brainstorm with other Pod Pod Plus members. Uh, last but not least, you also get a shout out on this podcast, and I'm proud to announce our founding Pod Pod Plus members. So, welcome to the Pod Squad: Will Maddock, Jonathan Fenton, Rowan Potter, Jared Hext, Michael de Silva, Ray Bozic, AJS Hawker, Luke Cabin, James Dejan Jen Bennett, Jason Jason Soka. Sam Mutton and Adam Davies. Also, I think we've just got a late call up here, Matthew Slater as well. So I just got a notification. He's just joined the, pod the co- He's just joined the pod squad. Um, and if I did butcher any of those names, which was probably about eighty percent, I'll read, read. I'll reread them out next week. So hit me up. Uh, We also had Sam Mudden in there. He asked that we uh, plug his podcast, the Category B podcast. Uh, So, that's an AFL fantasy draft pod. Aiming to fill some of that draft doctor void while they take a little break at the moment. So, check him out. As a member of the pod squad, we like to give people a shout out here. So, a huge thank you to all our new members. Head to keepleaguepod.com.au or go to the premium resources tab and hit bonus episodes. Or click the link in the description in your podcast to sign up today. Louis. It's time for your top 30 trade targets. I'm looking forward to this. I'm keen to write a few notes down here and get my trade targets sorted heading forward.
1: Yeah, so these are all blokes that um, I wouldn't consider rookies at all and not even mid-prices. They're all value premiums to premiums to uber premiums that- I would be targeting this week, next week, very, very soon if you've got the cash. And I think with these guys, you can't go wrong. Uh, more or less, they're going to be top six to eight to ten in their position. And, uh, you know, if you can have that in your team at the end of the year, then you're going to put up something pretty respectable, I think. So let's start with defence. And straight off the bat, off one performance at D1, I've got Lockie Whitfield.
0: Oh, yes. I love it. And, Louis, I hate, I hate to do this to you. I know it's your massive segment that we're going through tonight, but I'm cutting in because it's time for Dossie's Dilemma. <laughs> and Dossie's Dilemma this week, Louis, relates to your man at D1, Lockie Whitfield. He's also another segment in this. He's the Pod Pod Pod, the Point of Difference podcast point of difference of the week and Lockie Whitfield for me, my goodness, Louis, you have to talk me out of it because you've seen a few of my early trade plans. He's over 800K. It seems ridiculous to target a guy like this, but he came back from injury last week. Just the 75% time on ground being managed against Adelaide, he put up 110. We've seen what a guy like Mitch Duncan is doing and he came off an injury as well. Let's not forget that. I literally think Whitfield right now is underpriced. I think he's the perfect player for this system. The kicker, he's a great kick. He's an uncontested mark, just unicorn, as people like to say these days, Louis. Just can get uncontested marks at absolute will. He's And, and a guy that uh, traditionally has high time on ground, could run out games, is an elite runner. I think Whitfield is just the ultimate of premiums this year. And I'm almost just willing to get out on the front foot dump a few of these spuds, pay 800k, and enjoy the life of having Whitfield. Why shouldn't I do it, Louis? It's my Dossie's dilemma for this week.
1: Uh, Look, that's a tough one, Dossie. Look, the only real thing I can give you is that we've only seen one game of data and we've seen seven games of data from Leon Cameron to suggest, as the theme is on this podcast, that he isn't a very good coach. So, that's probably the only reason I can give you. Otherwise- historically, Whitfield has been a very, very good fantasy scorer. He is an absolute stud. And what I like about Lockie Whitfield is, and what separates him from the pack with all of these other players like McRae, Titch, Zeret, that you do want to be targeting, is that when you bring this bloke into your team, the teams ranked above you do not have him. They have not been able to take advantage of him because he's so uniquely owned. So, if he does go from 120s onwards from here jumping on early can really get the edge on the competition and it can it could win you a
0: car who knows the high luck's mine uh louis put it down to that so that's Dossies' dilemma he's almost getting the tick off from louis I, I honestly mark it down 160 this week against the bombers it's going to happen he's absolutely gun uh but he's your d1 let's get back to your segment this is your your time to shine louis in your targets whitfield who's uh, who's your d2 Look,
1: often forgotten because he's in a lot of teams, but if you don't have Rory Led, you need him in your side. It's clear that he's got this midfield role. Moving forward, that's going to be what it's going to be, and I think that he can be a top two to three defender this year and average sort of that 105
0: mark. Absolute gun.
1: Next up, we got Tom Stewart, which you uh, weren't much of a fan of early on, Dossie, and I've got him probably a little bit high, but right now, based on his price, and I do base... A few of these rankings on their pricing. Uh, he is underpriced on his last three, which is 106. So he started slow, so did Geelong, and as he's found form, so have Geelong. So they, they love using him as a bowl user. That kick mark footy is always used through him. So I really like him as an option moving forward, and he's generally a safe 100 each week.
0: Yeah, I was getting annoyed early days because he seemed to always be on the bench when they were doing their slow play and he'd just be missing out on plus sixes constantly. It was like Tom Stewart does all the hard yards, gets the metres gained and starts driving the cats forward. And then when it's time for slow plays, time for the easy fantasy points, Tommy Stewart was on the bench. Plus, he was playing pretty low time on ground, even for him. He's not a traditionally higher time on ground player, but even for him, he was like in the 70s in a few of the early games. It was really frustrating as an owner, but he definitely does look back to his best, especially with the cat starting to sort of go back to that dominating possession style of footy. So, yeah, I definitely like that. And I'm glad he's in your in your top sort of uh, six defenders here even, Louis, at D3 for you.
1: And a good example of why you don't trade your premiums. So, next up, we got Sam Doherty, who I don't think is going to push that average of 117, which he did achieve a couple of years ago. But from what I've seen, he's going to be a pretty reliable 100 each week as well. So, I think that he can average 105 from now on, and that puts him a little bit underpriced at the moment moving forward. So, he's obviously going to be a top six defender. So, I think he's someone you should really target almost at any stage in the season.
0: Are you at all concerned of the fact last year he sort of tailed off um, for the back half of the year? I remember as an owner, lots of people owned him last year, coming back from injury, um, and it was just a frustrating own for the the tail end of last season. Do you just put that back to, you know, first season back after a few years off, and now he sort of had that time to adjusts back to AFL footy and can last the full season. I just remember having 50s nonstop last year and you couldn't trade him and it was just one of those guys you're like, oh, soon he'll bounce back and he just didn't, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think you have to put it down to just finding his feet, so – he took, you know, he returned in a COVID year, which is a pretty tough year to return in, obviously with the hubs yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So he's had some continuity in his footy and he's returned and he's, he's dishing up a, over a hundred average at the moment, I think. So now nah, I really like Sam Doherty moving forward and he's just 12% owned. So
0: he's actually lower ownership than what I expected. It's quite shocking, yeah. It's amazing, especially as a Carlton um, player. A lot of a lot of sort of auto-fill teams get those Carlton and Richmond players from the first first game of the season as well. So you often get those filled. Um, often those are inflated numbers for a few Carlton and Richmond players. You'll see their ownership higher than actually they are. So, uh, for active players, I mean. So, that is very interesting that that's so low. But, yeah. Who's your next player on the – that'd be your D5 now we're talking about.
1: Yeah, next up I've got Callum Mills. So, he's seen a bit of a drop in CBAs in recent weeks and – his scoring's still been very good, which is really encouraging. I expect Rampion Fox to be back in the next couple of weeks, so he should be getting a little bit of an increase in those CBAs again, returning to... He was pretty much the number one CBA holder at the Swans in the first few rounds, so I see him returning to that, and he should be able to put up a 95 to 105 average, I reckon.
0: Yeah, he's killing it this year. I was probably wrong on him. I actually I thought his centre bounce um, dreams were just over Uh, you know what is he he's he's sort of getting towards the mid-20s now or 23 24 and I I just thought it was you know he wasn't going to get him it seemed like he was just that all Australian defender Uh, but I was wrong and he's absolutely killing it obviously right now he's filling in for Rampy but you know Rampy apparently in a chance to return this week which hopefully for owners you'd see him back in the midfield and he can do it he can score as a defender or midfielder so it's not too concerning either way that's it. So,
1: next up, I've got Jack Crisp. And he. so, he's my D6. He's got a more prominent midfield role at the moment, which is really nice, but he's another one that can score well as a defender too. So, the only thing I would be a little bit hesitant with Jack Crisp is that Bucks may want to move the magnets around a little bit in the next
0: few weeks and just try some new things because we know what
1: the Pies are doing
0: at the moment. Yeah, he's. I'm, I'm concerned about his scoring... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's concerned. I'd, con- I'd be concerned if he's top six as you've got him here ahead of a couple of the names that you've got. Oh, well, mainly one name that you've got, uh, Lloyd, out- that's just outside here. Um, I'd-, I'd probably have Lloyd ahead just for the consistency, but I know why you've done it. And, Louis, there- there's the case that you could say as well if they do bring in all these young guys um, and start playing a few a few more kids and go the rebuild sort of model, that Crisp, if he's the the old head in there, he's probably likely to get the pill a bit more because that's sort of what we've seen, you know, from the kangaroos point of view with Zeeble and even Aaron Hall now suddenly um, coming into the frame, getting a lot more of the pill because they're the old heads in the young team. You could probably see a similar thing with Crisp anyway. So yeah, I, I don't mind it there, Lou. Who's your two on the bench? I spoke about one just then, Jake Lloyd, um, your seventh trade target. Yeah. In the defensive so line. he
1: is on my bench and uh, a lot of people would be going, what do you mean? This is Jake Lloyd. Well, The reason I've got Chris Bonfield over him is because he's about 70k cheaper, which is equivalent to about 10 points, and I think that Jake Lloyd may only be a 105 guy moving forward, and that's based off the fact that I think that the responsibilities are being shared with Campbell and Dawson a little bit more, because they're, let's be honest, they're a lot more penetrating with their ball use, and they're able to actually damage the
0: opposition with their precision kicking, whereas Jake Lloyd,
1: it's a bit of a hospital kick every single time.
0: Yeah, and Campbell had a massive game in the VFL on the weekend. He'll probably be back in selection frame. It was simply just getting these guys a bit of a rest. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind it as a as a little bit of a. Um swing there, Louis. You're sort of going against the grain, I think, but I I like the fact that you're including in your rankings here a bit of the pricing. You've got to certainly keep that in track where we are in the season and and what we're looking at going forward as well. Uh, Who rounds out the eight in defence? Yeah, look, I've got a little bit of a tie.
1: So, Heppel and Houston probably share this position. I think with Heppel, the Collingwood game was probably an outlier, but he is underpriced and I'm factoring in his price massively here for what he is able to do in fantasy. So I think he's someone that can average 85 to 90. And just on Houston, I think he can average 100 from here. So he is well underpriced. It's just he does have a little bit of a inflated break even at the moment, but I don't mind going early there.
0: Yeah, Houston for me in the next couple of weeks is a massive target, um, and I'd even go ahead of I'd go him ahead of Heppel just as I've got I'm a bit salty with Heppel as you know I was an owner to start the season he had that back spasm issue early and uh, really scared me away with that because of the fact that he had the week off but they in the in the media it was sort of announced oh you know we don't know whether he's back in a week it might be two it might be longer. I'm just super worried with the injuries for Heppel. But as you said, superstar in the fantasy arena in the past and been a consistent 100-plus guy, um, you know, for years back in the day. And probably
1: having written this a um, few days ago, maybe even Chris slits, slips out for Houston too. So, um, you know, just a little bit of hindsight there. Uh, should we move into the midfielders, Dossie? Absolutely. So I haven't done uh much of a write up for these guys. I think it's pretty straightforward. So uh in no real particular order because they're all priced at about the same point anyway. But uh McCray, Titch, Zeret, and Trelaw are my top four. So the cheapest there is Trelaw, I think, at the moment. So he's all you can get up to. I think he's someone who you really got to target at the moment. Uh Steel from the Saints. Oliver and Petrarca, they can share. I think you can only own one in fantasy anyway. I don't really like
0: owning a lot of players from the same midfield. And Ma- Which one are you going with then, Louis? I don't like the fence sit. You've got to choose oh, one, Oliver or Petrarca.
1: I think Petrarca is more of an exciting player to watch, so I'd probably pick him. And uh, He's got a little bit more of a ceiling with... Being able to hit the scoreboard more consistently and I think Oliver may be a bit more of a tag target and we oh, know yeah, what his interesting. kick-to-handball
0: ratio is like too. Why is he the tag target ahead of um, Petrarca? I just would have thought, like you're saying, exciting to watch, probably- would have thought more damaging. Um, Petrarca sort of penetrating, uh, breaking the lines, can kick goals. I would have thought he's the tag target or is it just simply because he's too powerful and overpowers the tag anyway and they go to the one that they think they might be able to get some influence over. Yeah, I think, Oliver I think it's just
1: that Oliver's easier and Petrarca's quite hard to tag and they're both very influential. So, if you can take one out of it, then it goes a long way to beating him.
0: All right, don't mind. Uh, which, just with McRae, with your option here as McRae, if you were a non-owner and he's in the 800 and whatever he is now, 800 gazillion price, you're still targeting him. He's still kind of up there in this. You have to go get him still right now. Um, if Say right this week, I know lots of people have different issues, but say you, d- you don't have any issues, you want to get McRae, you're still saying he's kind of your number one mid-target. Just go and get him right now. It doesn't matter the price.
1: If you can afford it. So, if you've got the cash there, this is just a rough guide of who I would be targeting to be there at the end of the year in my team.
0: Okay, perfect. Uh, Who's your next player? We got- Your boy, Duncan. Titch, Zerat, Trelaw, Steele Petrarca, and now Mitch Duncan. Yes.
1: Yeah, he's played well since he came back. I think in round two, he's pretty much only gone under the ton once since then, I think.
0: Yeah, just phenomenal player. Um, Like I said, in that mold of the uncontested marks, just gets him at will. Um, Great kick. They want the ball in his hands, can run all day long. It uh, just seems perfectly made for the new AFL system of of the, uh, you know, being able to stand on the man of the mark and get those chip kicks. Perfect. Just great player, great point of difference as the pod, as we are the pod pod. He's a great um, point of difference. Pod, pod, pod.
1: <laughs> and I got to give it up to Tim Taranto at M8 too. So, he's been getting it done. I think he had a little bit of a slow first three rounds, but as soon as some of those Giants mids went, went down, he's just taken a step up and he's returning back to that sort of 112 average that he got a few years ago. So that's really good to see. And then on the bench, your boy, Sam Walsh got the nailed it for you, Dossie. Got to pay him some respect now. I think he's a serious option in fantasy. And uh, from this point on, you know, you really have to consider him as a starting option every single year. I know we picked him as a bit of a breakout option this year, but what I've seen, he is just such a star. So absolutely love Sam Walsh. And then a uh, little bit of a sneaky one, but have to do a bit of a nod of the cap too. Uh, Ollie Wines. So he has been very, very good for Port Adelaide. He's pretty much been uh, week in, week out their best player and his fantasy output is actually reflecting that. So he's finding a little bit more ceiling this year. He's got 129 and 126 in his last two games. And uh, historically he's always been a hundred guy, but I think as Port looked to give him a little bit more responsibility. Obviously, no Tom Rockliffe or Brad Ebert in the side this year, which is a difference from a couple of years ago. I think he's one that's going to have a bit of an uptick in points and one I would be targeting as a
0: unique too. Oh, absolutely. A unique player. And if I recall correctly, last year at the tail end of last year, he was a phenomenal as well. Just sort of got going late and really came home strong. Sort of thought maybe he would take that next level this year and start becoming that guy. Looks like it's sort of similar to Walsh, just taking a few games to get him going. Now he's really starting to chug along and uh, looking really good. Plus, um, we have seen statistically the stoppages are on the rise and he is a bit more of that contested player, which is certainly going to help him being around the stoppages if there is those more stoppages continually going forward and especially when it gets into sort of wet season as well. So, love that pick and another great point of difference um, in the midfield and in your top uh, targets in the midfield there on the bench, but still a great target uh, going forward. I think the rucks are pretty self-explanatory, but maybe go through them quickly. And then the two bench options are probably more interesting.
1: Yeah. So it's obviously gone and Grundy for the rucks. And then I've got Rob as the sub. Um, look, I know he's been poor this year, but uh, I wouldn't feel right giving it to a guy like Toby Nankovas, who's been better just because Riley O'Brien does have the body of work behind him, so I'd back it in that it does come good. But yeah, oh, gee, he doesn't look great, does he? No, nah, he's
0: not. We're not. Looking we're good not, we're not a big Which fan is- of him
1: on the pod, just from the eye test, are mm. we?
0: Yeah, there's just that. There's that one photo uh, out there it's of him a classic. as well. That's just an absolute classic photo. We might just retweet that or something, or, or tweet it out again. I don't know who took it, but it's an all-timer. Uh, just the the unco nature of his kicking is just. It's pretty funny, but um, good old Rob. He does get the scores done, and um, you know, not not this week, but hopefully for owners of him and people targeting him, he can come good because we know how awesome he was. Um, especially to the tail end of last year and for most of last year as well. Uh, So, who rounds out the bench? This is an interesting one that you've got written down here. Yeah. um, So, this
1: is the the R4, the old R4 or now the utility position. Uh, It's actually Nick Bryan from Essendon who- The Rook. I've heard does have a bit of job security. The reason he's in this side at all is because there's still some crazy coaches out there that- are rolling with the rookie R2. So, look, if you want to double down, if you really just want to have a crack and just ride at home, maybe your season's already over, just have a go. Why not pick Nick Bryan? I love the guts of it, that's all.
0: Why not? And, uh, like, he looked pretty good out there as well. And maybe maybe they're just going to roll with him ahead of Phillips if he's healthy, just because... You know, they're going the youthful route, obviously, with with Rats. They're going to go for the youth going forward. And Draper's still five to six weeks away. They might want to see what they've got with Brian um, before trying to sort of, you know, to see if they really want to have both of these guys, Draper and Brian, going forward as their core duo of Rucks and see if they can work together in the tail end of the season as well. See how he goes by himself for a few weeks. And then uh, when Draper comes back, maybe roll the two of them out. So... It's actually not crazy, Louis. I, I love it. And was that a cheeky X glue sieve? By the way, uh, saying that Brian might have a bit of job security there.
1: Ah, uh, no, nothing exclusive there. It's just I've been reading a few Essendon fans who are very, very happy <laughs> and generally <laughs> oh, you can the read, forums, the, you read eh? into that.
0: So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to your forwards to round this out. Okay,
1: so F1, I've got Zorko. So, no Neil, clearly has the midfield role, averaging 106 his last three. Uh, he's another one who's been a fantasy stud in the past and with forward status. He's a guy that I'd be relatively confident on sort of averaging that 100 from now on, which should make him a top six forward. Great price at the moment too.
0: Yeah, perfect. There's nothing, no arguments here. He's looking, looking the goods.
1: Uh, maybe I've gone a little bit early on this call, but he is extremely cheap, uh, 70% wing time in the last two weeks. It's Josh Kelly. He's presumably back in that role, at least for the meantime. So I-, I would like to see his scoring in a bit of a tighter matchup. And he does have that awkward round 12 buy. So if you do trade him in now, I think you want to get four weeks out of him. So yeah. There's all upside from here though. So I don't mind going early on him either and I think he dished up 120 on the weekend.
0: Yeah, and we've seen GWS sort of get back to their high scoring ways in the last couple of weeks, you know. Potentially just the matchups is is the only reason there, but it's something to monitor and and we know what GWS. We've had so many GWS players in our teams over the last few years for the fact that they are just a fantasy friendly team. If they're back to that those scoring ways. Kelly looks to be a role change. We saw, as you said, 70% wing time over the last couple of weeks. It hasn't been there for this season. He's been playing up forward. That's why he's got the status. And we always said, the way you pick Kelly is if he gets back into the midfield role. And even a wing, we know that Kelly can push you know, 100, 110 with a wing and a few CBAs. Um, Yeah, I love the pick, Louis. uh, He's your second in your forward line. Who's third?
1: Uh, so, next up, someone who we've called on in the last couple of weeks, but I was very keen on a couple of weeks ago. Uh yeah, You were. Did turn out to be a bit of a shocker, but, no, well, not really. He's been okay. I think he's averaged about sort of 95 since then, but still side bottom. So, he's probably the pie's best fit midfielder at the moment, and- uh, he he can cop the tag and he may get Kane Turner this weekend. Which so I'd be inclined to wait a week, but I've got no doubts
0: he's going to be a top six forward moving forward. Do Kangaroos just always have to find one guy that just is gets under people's skin? They always just, no matter the regime, it always just seems like they find one. They just find one person to do it. Pretty annoying stuff. So chin uh, boners, like, even- mate. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I don't mind that pick though. Fourth on your list, a Western Bulldog player that is on a lot of people's lips this week because they're looking at him as an option. Yeah, so Lockie Hunter sort
1: of had the wing roll on the weekend. It was certainly more prominent than it was previous, but uh, I would have liked to have seen it be a little bit more set in stone. But at his price, I mean, I think you got to jump on. So look. There's more reason to jump on this week than there was last week, but I still think you can afford to wait a week at his break even.
0: Yeah, so I actually looked at I went back. I was a bit bored today, Louie. Um a bit crook with a, a day off today as well. So, um I don't know if people have noticed, but we aren't recording together today. being very safe. Um I've just been a bit crook, so we're recording apart tonight, but I was looking at the centre-bounce attendances um, just because they're not released at the moment, but I actually was wanting to look at the wing attendances. So, instead of the CBAs, I went the WAs, and I was looking at Hunter's wing attendances. He actually had zero until the very, very last one of the game. He attended the final one when Anthony Scott went down injured. So, um, I tweeted that out. If you didn't check that, just check out my Twitter at HKDOS. Like, I had a look. He didn't have the wing role, but I still love his role. And I don't think it should be something that could scare you off as well. He just plays basically as an extra midfielder in that high half forward role. I just think there's going to be a few more possessions there anyway with Dunkley out. And the only quarter that held back his score on the weekend from being a big ton was that third quarter. If anyone didn't see the game, Richmond destroyed the dogs in the third quarter and they barely touched the ball I think there was a stat at one point they had 16 inside 50s to zero and the ball hadn't gone past halfway for about 20 minutes so it was just a domination and Lockie Hunter was playing forward at that time had two fantasy points for that quarter so I think all in all you know what did he get for the game 84 that's usually another 25 point quarter there and you've got yourself a ton so Hunter great option for me Louie round out this forward line for us
1: uh, so next up, I've got Rowan Marshall, and he's in there for the same reason that Lockie Whitfield is in terms of that the best coaches don't yet own him, and we know what he's been able to do in a fantasy sense. I think he's a 95 to 100 averaging player. He doesn't have a massive ceiling yet, but the reason I like him is that he's generally pretty reliable, and he's only a paddy rider rest or injury away from really just sort of getting into that sort of top four forward zone, I reckon.
0: Yeah, he's a gun. And just the more hit outs, the more ruck time he gets, the better player he is. Um, Yeah, but he's he's a great option regardless of the ruck time. We saw that last year.
1: And uh, next up, I've got Fife. So, he looks very, very good at the moment. He's a very, very good footballer. He's a better footballer than he is a fantasy player. So, uh, that's the reason why he sits at F6. I think he's a very safe 100, but doesn't necessarily have that ceiling either, uh, as well as he ha- He does have a bit of injury concern and they're not going to be afraid to rest him over time either.
0: Yeah, solid pick. The ceiling just with the tags and with the injuries and with everything else. He's, he's never been a high, super high ceiling guy, uh, week to week kind of thing, you know. Um, and I think some of the guys well, the next guy that is your F7 probably has that risk potential to go huge as opposed to someone like a Fife just because he's not a big name. He's probably not going to cop a heap of attention. He's got a weird fantasy relevant role. And let's talk about another North Melbourne player, not Jack Zabel. Let's stop talking about him, but a guy who's a bit cheaper in Aaron Hall.
1: Yeah so I got a little bit crazy here and decided to add Hall and Bolton onto this list and that's purely because of their price as well so both have very favourable roles at the moment they have low break evens nice prices and moving forward I think they're a very very good stepping stone. Um, I know that Dossie's probably got way more Aaron Hall stats than me so I didn't plan on expanding on it much so
0: I'll let him take over. See, I don't think I have many stats apart from the fact that we've seen him – the reason his average is so low for people out there, he was the sub in his first appearance of the season. He had about 15% time of ground. He did come onto the ground. His price plummeted. He was playing a weird role in his second game, I reckon, and then it was – he exploded in in his third game, I reckon it was. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but that's when he really broke out and had a huge score. And what happened was he was playing next to Zebel in a very similar role. I think I said last week on the show, it's like an 80% version of Zebel. And that's when he scored 99 against the Dogs. Had the same role the next week, 123 against the Crows. Then he was in the same role again against the Cats, and then he got 35. And that was an injury-affected game as well. So he's got two injury-slash-sub-affected games in there where he played 5% and 23%. Comes straight back from injury and goes 143 against Melbourne. He's got Collingwood, Hawthorne, Essendon, and Saints before his bye. And what's he priced out, Louis? 575K. That is a absolute bargain it's basically like jumping on the zebel that you missed out on i think if you didn't if you had a bit of fomo with zebel you might as well just get haul and enjoy the ride this time
1: he's using the footy better than zebel as well he had some absolute he zingers is, yeah. on the weekend
0: by the way zebel a notable absentee from Louis's targets here
1: yeah so um I, I was hoping you might pick up on that so at his price now He's just someone that I don't think is worth paying up for because, uh, and one of my hot takes that I missed out on being able to say on the podcast last week was that I don't think Jack Ziva will average 95 for the rest of the year. So, uh, that's the reason why I wouldn't be paying up, uh, what, what is he, 840K or something like that now. So, no, it's a no for me. Very
0: expensive okay uh was there any other people you want to mention I think your final one there was Shay Bolton uh, for the Tigers who's running hot in the last few weeks see I'm I'm kind of an avoid on that front um scored the th- uh, had the three goals to get up to a ton this week. I like the midfield role there's no doubt that that's boosting his scores but he's one that I'm like the ceiling you know him versus a hall like, I'm just taking that ceiling punt. Uh, at similar prices, but yeah, go through your reasoning behind Shea Bolton.
1: Oh, it's really hard to find a good forward.
0: That's fair enough. it. that's, yeah, that's a fair all enough injured, reason. Mate. There, that's Louis. it. <laughs> I'm happy with those. How about a few just really quick comments on a few that missed out? Say a Brandon Ellis. Have you been enjoying his form lately? But not in the top eight, uh, top eight to ten mids, and especially in the target. I'm guessing the price is the concern there at 814k.
1: Yeah, so he would have been in here if he was probably 70k cheaper, but. No, nah, I can't put him in there for the same reason I can't pay any respect to Jared Lyons, Cam Guthrie, these types in fantasy. For some reason- Took We Miller. just try to avoid them. Took Miller, exactly. So, um, these guys, for some reason, cop a bad rap. I love when people jump on them because they're always pods and they generally have some really rare veins of form where they can actually catapult you up the rankings, but at the same time, they can really let you down too because- uh, those players, you know, they're not all match winners and I think um, when they have quiet games, it doesn't necessarily mean that um, their team's going to lose.
0: What about Andrew Gaff as well? Just the last one I'll touch on. Just not sold on him. Sort of, he's gone too up and down away from home and versus his home scores for you.
1: Yeah. I just don't want to touch Andrew Gaff. It's been, like you said, up and down. So at the moment, I just want to see it settle and maybe uh, he drops a low score in the next couple of weeks and we can pick him up really cheap. That's when I'll feel comfortable picking him up.
0: All right, don't mind it. And if you've got any complaints, Louis, what's your Twitter handle so people can let you know their uh, their thoughts on this top thirty targets? Oh. Uh, Louis would love to hear your feedback. Uh, at Louis AF. There you go. All right, it's on to our segment to do with rookies, and it's show me the money. Show me the money, Louie, and I'm taking the reins this week because you've done an absolute mountain of work with your top 30 targets there. So, we thank you very much for for doing all that work. But I'm going to go through my top five rookie candidates based on break-even and job security here. Now, I'm going to obviously bounce off you, Louie, because you are the rookie expert. So, you've got a little bit more work to do here. (laughs) But uh, I've got my my list here, and you're going to chime in when needed here, though. My first one off the ranks, and I've sort of gone – I have kind of gone uh, one to five here in my opinion. So, usually you sort of sit on the fence a bit, Louie, and just give you top five. I'm going the actual genuine top five. My number one, I think this week, is Riley Collier-Dawkins, RCD, uh, 193K mid. The negative one break even. He's got the round thirteen by sixty-three points on debut with seventy percent time on ground, but he looked pretty good and uh, led the Tigers for centre bounce attendances, which is huge. And I think he did clearances as well. So or second behind Cochin, sorry, in clearances. And of course. Kochin injured his hamstring late in the game. actually, I was one that thought it might have been a bit of a <laughs> bit of a fakey, uh substitution there, but I was on in the wrong there. Sorry, Koch. Um, but yeah, great job security for RCD uh, for short term and that immediate cash generation. Is he the top rookie target for you as well, uh, Louis?
1: Absolutely, just ticks so many boxes this week. So I think he's worth jumping on.
0: Perfect. Uh, Martin Frederick, I've still got here, but I do need an exclusive on uh, Martin Frederick. He's 241k defender, negative 12 break even. He's got the early buy round, but for me, just that quick cash gen. uh, How's the job security though, Louis? Uh, Any good? Yeah,
1: they love him. They love him at the club. So I'd be really confident in him playing every single
0: game up until the buy. Far out. That's, that's great. Uh, that's great news. So, I'm happy keeping him second on my little power rankings of rookies in Show Me the Money. Number three, this one's a bit looser, and I also need a bit of a Louis help on this one, but Ryan Burns, because last year when we were doing a few random live streams and stuff back in the day in 2020, the weird year that it was, you were very excited about a Ryan Burns debut. Um Didn't go as planned last year, but this year, 75. He's got a negative nine break, even 200k mid. Don't think many people have heard too much about Ryan Burns, but you certainly have. You're a big fan.
1: Yeah, I am. So he was someone who had pretty good numbers in his junior years and slipped under the radar of a lot of coaches just because he hasn't been near getting a game for a little while now. But uh, as a junior, uh, he ranked, you know, sort of top five across a lot of, really good stat lines for fantasy. So it's all skipped my mind a little bit now. I know I was extremely keen on him last year, but in the VFL, he has been an accumulator. He's able to take marks. He's able to use his kick to handball ratio favorably most times, more often than not. And he's been able to hit the scoreboard too. He's also a massive tackler. So like I said, he he fills the stat lines. So uh, I'm not as sold on his job security just because he's at the Saints. And I think that... The Saints are a little bit of a week-to-week prospect in terms of their team changes. We've already seen that across the last few weeks. So, uh, yeah, he's someone who I really like but wouldn't be picking before Riley Collier Dawkins this week.
0: All right. And the next one is Matthew Owies, who played for Carlton. Just that forward rookie, you know, it's a bit hard to find them. So, uh, 193k, negative one break even, round 13 by... Uh, He scored 63, had low time on ground, but laid four tackles and kicked three snags. Now, I reckon we had the same argument a few weeks ago with bringing in Bo McCreary, and we both enjoyed the Bo McCreary um, trading him in as a rookie as well. And he's a bit cheaper, uh, always, than I reckon McCreary was to start with. So, good pressure, a bit of goal sense. Is he a quality pick? I've got him, you know, a reasonable pick here. I think the job security might be okay.
1: Uh, I think they've got a bit of depth in that area compared to what we've seen from Collingwood with both three the crew. snags. So yeah, I know three snags, but uh has I don't know, just Carlton rookies always let me down, so um he <laughs> Patty Dow. <laughs> so uh <laughs> yeah, no, like, like, no none of that blasphemy on this pod. No, nah, he's someone who yeah, look, he's a nice price, but like I said, you wouldn't target him over R C D unless you needed a forward.
0: Yeah, uh, my final two here, just if you need these positions as well. We've talked about him. He was actually in Louis' top 30 as the R4. Nick Bryan, the Essendon rookie ruck, 195K ruckman, negative four break-even. Round 13 bye. So, that's a different one than uh, Gorn and Grundy as well, by the way, who are around 14. Does Rutten give him a crack for a few weeks? I think we think he might. Um, just monitor whether Phillips is healthy and whether he comes back. And Draper is still a little way away as well. So, he could have a few solid weeks run at it, which would be nice cash in. I'm just a bit scarred and I put him a little bit lower just due to the scarring I've had from the Meeks and the Hunters of the World and whether or not you know he's just in that mould again of just a a kind of one and two and then out and just a a few low scores and out. What do you think, Louis?
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty much going to be the case, mate. Yeah.
0: Uh, Caleb Poulter was the final one, 224K. I think there's just too many other quality rookies this week to be targeting a guy that expensive, but he should have pretty solid job security and he's got the round 14 buy. Looked pretty good and not afraid of the big moments, Louis. Caleb Poulter? Yeah, he's someone who's had pretty decent numbers
1: in the VFL before getting his debut. Uh so yeah, I think I, I think he's a pretty good option moving forward. He should have the job security because I think the Pies are gonna enter that transition stage where they do start blooding the youth a little bit. So they'll give him every opportunity, hopefully.
0: I've got another top five potential rookie priced. To- Resies from the Rezies Louis, as I like to—a uh, a new little segment we're, we're bringing in here, um, just to just to keep an eye on people that did well in the reserves and if they might be back in. Oliver Henry, two hundred and twenty-eight k. Dominated in the VFL against Gold Coast, had 140, watched a lot of the game, played really well. So, if you've got him or if you're looking to bring someone in as well, he might be another option. Uh, Josh Tracy, Tracy, sorry, always get that wrong. 204,000, uh, Louis had a massive game in the waffle. Um, 18 disposals, 8 marks, 5 tackles and 5 snags along with 12 hit outs. Um, His tackling would be something I'd love to see more in those backup ruck minutes. But uh, Tracy could actually get you a game. And actually at 204k, he's a guy that is another option if you don't have him. Do you mind, Tracy? uh, I mean, hold him, obviously, if you've got him. I think he might just come straight back in.
1: Yeah, if he gets another game, I don't mind bringing him in. I just think that his job security is always going to be a little bit questionable, just with how tall Freo's forward line all of a sudden it actually is. So they've got Sean Darcy, Matt Tabner, as well as um, <laughs> uh, escapes me at the moment. But and uh, Nat Fife is moving forward too. So yeah, he he's someone who I think. If they do give him another go, he'll get two games. But I also think that he's someone who will go in and out of the side this year.
0: Uh, Tom Highmore had a monster game. So, I I reckon most people would own him. Um, Yeah, 30 disposals, 14 marks in the VFL. Uh, He could replace. I mean, Saints had a really good game. So, it's hard to say who he'll replace. But maybe Webster or Joyce is the ones that he'd be looking to replace. Jordan Sweet. Louis, did you see the Western Bulldogs game? Steph Martin looked absolutely washed. Is there any chance Jordan Sweet just comes in at any stage? And they do the old Shane Mumford, maybe rest him one week, give Martin a go every couple?
1: Yeah, first of all, Doss, Rory Lobb was the name that I was looking for. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, look, oh, what do you think, Dossie?
0: Steph Martin looked absolutely washed. I think, his, I think his contributions to the Dogs have been more the fact that you're allow- allowed to play Tim English forward than anything else. Yeah. I don't think he's... Obviously, it's easy to say that after their first loss of the year. Um, so, maybe it's a bit harsh on a guy that has certainly provided some value. But I just think... Um, I think overall, you want Martin in your team in finals. I just think maybe they give Sweet a go every three or four weeks now, just similar to what they're doing with Flynn and Mumford. Because uh, Martin either was genuinely tired, but he looked absolutely washed. Uh, I've seen him look like that a couple of times over the last few years. So, you know, he can have his good games, but I'd monitor Sweet. He could actually make you some coin on the bench, um, even if you're looking to offload him. But I'd I'd go Brian ahead of him at this stage. Just thought I'd put him in there as a good performer in the uh, VFL on the weekend. And the final one's Ronan Connor O'Connor sorry for the Crows 170k mid yet to debut had 20 disposals five marks 10 tackles and 99 AFL fantasy points so a few names there and If you want all the sample VFL waffle numbers every week as well, you can support our sponsors at keeperleaguepod.com.au. So, after you've signed up for your PodPod Plus, you can uh, go the extra mile and become a member of the whole shebang, get access to the breakout tracker, advanced CBA's tables, uh, weekly projections, and those state league fantasy scores to find the basement price rookies that are coming in as well. So, head to au uh, again or the uh, link in the description below. Now, Louis, we've also got a few iTunes uh, reviews to li- to read out um, before we get to listen to questions. We've hit 40 ratings on iTunes. Pretty, pretty impressive, Louis. We're getting closer to the 220 ratings target that we had to get by the end of May. Uh, and if we do get to that 220 ratings you'll go in the running if you leave a rating and review to win a pair of career saver footy boots the Asics lethal ultimates training worn by yours truly and signed by members of the pod pod and keeper league pod but here's a few reviews uh coming through ernie stingo is pod is pod he says a refreshing review of fantasy that fills a gap in the market other jokey matey in jokes Type of podcasts are fine, but this covers a few more players and angles in a bit more depth whilst still being entertaining and easy to listen to. Thanks very much, Ernie Stingo. Thanks, mate. The next one from A. Pool, Dossie's Dilemmas, But For Longer. Love how every week there's new segments. Love how Dossie seems to spend most of his time coming up with the segment names and probably not much else. Uh, well, he didn't say that, but <laughs> I added that in. Uh, Pod Pod. Now, the next one, G. Gillespie. Pod, 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 he says, uh, or he or she. Uh, Great listening. Plenty of good info coming out, especially from Big Louie. Almost as good as his 65-metre drop. So i oh. think uh, <laughs> might be someone that actually plays a bit of footy with yeah that, that just clicked uh, who good- that
1: might be as soon as uh that finished off so yeah thanks <laughs> g i appreciate it mate
0: <laughs> uh, says good calls on a number of traps and also the juicy potty pod pod pods <laughs> keep up the good work fellas all right on to our listener questions follow us at pod pod afl on twitter facebook and instagram as well where you search pod pod afl or uh Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast. This first question from Facebook, Jason Soka. uh, Campbell to RCD, not on field. So this is a trade question straight off the bat. Campbell to RCD, not on field. And Tex Walker, by the looks, to Josh Kelly. um, Or Goulden to RCD on field and Walker to Jackson McRae, Louis. Thoughts on that one?
1: Uh, okay, so it might be a little bit touch and go just based on um, whether or not Campbell and Golden play over the next few weeks. Uh, at the moment, both of Campbell and Golden scoring is pretty similar, although Golden did have the hotter start. So, look, I prefer there to just go Campbell to RCD, uh, bank the value in jelly, and use that upgrade elsewhere with Golden.
0: AJS Hawker as well asking... Uh, did you like Hunter's role on the weekend and a target to bring in? We sort of touched on his role before. Um, Louis, you've got him as a target to bring in. Is he is he really high on the radar for this week or are you still kind of, you know, he wasn't up the very, very top end of your targets. Are you still kind of wanting to see uh, a little bit more scoring or another week because his, his break even still not, you know, going to kill you if he goes another week?
1: Look, for the same reason that I was a little bit hesitant to jump on Jackson McRae in round two, I'm hesitant to see how the Bulldogs' midfield mix settles over the next couple of weeks. So I didn't mind Hunter's role on the weekend, but at his break-even, I think you can afford to wait a week and just sort of solidify the fact that that is his role and
0: he is going to be able to score in that role. This one from Jared Hext. So we've had a few Podpod Pod Plus members off the bat, which is good to see. This one from Twitter, um, Strategy Talk holding steady around 5k or have copped all the bullets so far. So, sitting a couple of premiums on field less than the leaders. What are your thoughts on not prioritizing red dots for a couple of weeks to get some upgrades done and try to keep pace? Bit of a strategy one there, Louis, for you.
1: Yeah, I think you got to do it sometimes. So, there's a- there's a bit of a tightrope in um, sort of stringing yourself up in the buyers and not having any cover and sort of really railroading yourself there. So you've got to be really mindful of that. But at the same time, um, if some of those red dots you can foreseeably – see playing in the next couple of weeks and through the buy rounds, then, yeah, I'd get aggressive and just make some on-field changes to see if I can grab an extra 50, 60 points per week. Even if it's 20 points, over the course of five weeks, it's 100 points. So, slowly, you are making back a little bit of ground.
0: Anthony, should you prioritise double downgrading James Rowe and Goulden to RCD and Burns, your boy Burns, or... Get to Hall and one of those. First option leaves him with 423K. The second obviously keeps him uh, following the crowd and keeping those guys like your Halls coming in. Maybe not super unique to bring in, but uh, maybe get you those ceiling scores. I wouldn't
1: double downgrade this week with RCD and Burns. So I would definitely lock in RCD, but that second rookie, I would really want to make sure they're going to be playing four weeks from now when we're actually dealing with the bias. So, that's my one concern with that trade. So, I might actually bank the the mid-pricer in Aaron Hall being on field
0: and, and getting you through there. Craig, subdub, do I trade Flynn to Brian so I can get a rookie to Hall? That sounds like a really uh, good trade to me. Uh, Louis, are you a fan of that as well? Uh, it all depends if gr- uh, Brian sorry, is a green dot as well, but... I don't mind that as a trade. Yeah, definitely. Even better if it's a rookie with a red dot. Uh, Jack James, love you guys, bloody legends. Thanks, uh, Jack James. Uh, Hall, the obvious move this week, but round 12 buy players, an issue for him. Question, which round 12 buy mid prices can we confidently trade out in preparation for that round instead of rookies? So he's talking about trading a Markov, Phillips, and keeping a Powell, Jordan, or a Warner. What do you reckon, Lou?
1: Yeah, it's it's a really good question. It's something that has come across my mind in the cu- past couple of days as well. I think uh, you can, you can, you can choose probably out of Mark or Phillips and Gath would be the three I would say, and I would probably make that call. Do you know what? What I would do is I, I would hold Phillips because what we've seen is that there's no depth in the forward line at the moment. Whereas in the defensive line, we've got probably 10 blokes that can foreseeably be a top six defender. So I would actually move on Markov or CJ with that round 12 buy and see if I can
0: move them elsewhere up to an Uber premium. Yeah, see, I think I've got, I've actually, in terms of my trades, I've been thinking about doing a very similar thing, Jack, as well. Um, but I've been talking about sort of going up to that We've talked about him on this on this show a couple of times. I've been thinking about going the bold strategy cotton and bringing in the big Lockie Whitfield. And I've been considering just dumping Tom Phillips. He's he's a mainstream. He's owned by the mainstream. It might be the wrong move, but I just want to get off that. I think I think uh, I keep going back to like a Doherty last year where we just owned him for so long and it's just like 50s, 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 or in this case, it's kind of those 70s. It's just like it's not really getting anywhere. And I think Markov, to me, for someone like a Markov, for instance, he has at least shown a ceiling this year. So I'm like, bang, Phillips, see you later, do a bit of DPP, Bergman, Ford. Witty, come into my team. He's also a round 12 player. Uh, Moving on, we've got another guy, Marley. Humour cluggage looking great. Thoughts? Now, uh, Louis, I'll just get to you to pause for a second because I've got to play a little song here. That is my thoughts on that. Hugh McCluggage. humour McCluggage. humour <laughs> I've been a fan for a long time and he is carving, Louis. But uh, what are your thoughts on the great McCluggo? Yeah, I
1: love Hugh cluggage. I think he's a really good point of difference at the moment. You can't knock the form. With-
0: Will Davis. Harms played VFL last week. If named, is he a good cheap option? That's a no from me. Uh, nah, nah. Anthony Route looking at downgrading either Lockie Jones or Brockman and upgrading Goulden can only reach Hall or Daniel. Who's the pick or should I just double downgrade them both? Loving the hashtag pod, pod. Thanks, Anthony. Uh, who have you got there? Hall, Aaron Hall or Caleb Daniel as a cheap option?
1: Um, depends if you want to prioritise cash generation. So, in that case, I would go Hall and use that as a stepping stone, but- if you are a little bit shaky with how many premiums you're going to get on field in the next couple of weeks, then I'd probably bank Daniel and hope that he's a top six to top sort of 10 defender end of year.
0: Leave Dale alone wants to know what rank should we be sitting at roughly at this point in the season to still have a fair crack at the coaches in the top 100? Have you got an idea of this one, Louis?
1: Yeah, I I would say probably about top 10,000 at the moment. So, Buyers make a massive difference. Um, checkers who was on the lane kicking podcast with me last, uh, last year, uh, in 2019, his best season when he came 11th, he was, he was something like 46,000th after round one. And, uh, going into the buys, he was about 11,000th or something
0: crazy like that. So, and that's and- Louis, that is what I'm at. Does that mean I'm in a, ch- I'm a chance for the car? and Ham bound just to uh
1: just to let the listeners know he was able to make that charge up the rankings too off the back of Jack Zebel, who just happened to enter no. a very rare vein of form that year i think he averaged about 115 across 6 7 or 8 weeks before inevitably uh Pretty much stinking it up, which I think is what he's going to do this year. But uh, there you go. So Jack Zeebel does have the form to uh, really change a season for coaches.
0: Final question here from Antoine Des Moines. How far away from top 100 is too far? Oh, points wise. So he's done a very, very similar question there. So you're saying how far is too far away? If 11,000 is a cutoff point, then what, 12,000? No good?
1: Oh, I don't know, points wise. Um, I guess what I would do is look at who's at rank 100 and how many points they've got, figure out the differential and figure out how many points per week you need to score more than that person uh, for the remainder of the year and then sort of structure a plan about how you can actually achieve
0: that all right well louis that's time for the podcast this week thanks everyone for your questions and louis great to have you back uh thanks for joining me again on the pod pod no thanks mate it's good to be back and hopefully next time i'm looking at you mate yeah yeah we'll get in the same room next time in the ludio next time as well uh and if you are keen for an extra wednesday podcast jump on pod pod plus otherwise good luck everyone and we'll see you next monday